1: Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel any time. DLM's Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Cast. My name is Dale O'Donnell, your host. And again, delighted to be joined by Mike. Mike, we didn't record last week. We're back. We have a few things to catch up on. But first, I want to get to how are things with you? Do you... Do you expect that Manchester is going to be taken out of the Tier 3 bracket and maybe fans will be let into the game against Leeds this weekend? Or is that not going to happen in your view?
1: Uh, I don't think it's going to happen in my view. It might actually be a blessing for the clubs because it actually costs them considerably more money to have fans in there and everything that surrounds that than it is to have no fans in there. Like It's better to have at least a half full ground or uh, just an empty ground rather than this 2,000 fans, which is just ridiculous, really. I don't get it. Um, because, obviously, they've got to pay for the cost of the policing and stewarding and all of this stuff. But otherwise, they're not paying for it. So, um, it might be a welcome relief to the clubs, um, especially the clubs further down the ladder. I'm thinking about the Football League, Dale, specifically. I don't know. There, there is now... Um, a, a, a package of measures that has come through by the Premier League to help out the football league clubs and not before time frankly yeah
0: you no know, it's 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 one of those situations where we were cautious of of the safety aspect of it and it see, it seems pretty safe and space still and the numbers are low, but with a stadium besides the old Trafford when fans are able to return, you would hope that there' be more than two thousand was know, seventy five thousand capacities people can definitely space out, but that that 's where common sense comes into it, and I guess from a, from the government 's perspective it 's very hard when you have areas and you 're trying to designate what stadiums can have xml but but right now it 's about hopefully fans getting back to all traffic. You might talk about two thousand, but there's definitely two thousand fans out there that desperately miss. Um, the match they experience and, and getting to see their friends and, and cheering on the team. Also, there's also the aspect that the, the team is lacking um, that atmosphere right now. And I know people could say, oh, we lost games with fans like, at them last season. But there's games this year where I think fans would have made a massive difference. And one that stands out to me is the Chelsea, the scoreless draw. And I just think in the last 10 minutes when, when fatigue is setting in, fans can make a difference in those moments, and drive fa- players on.
1: I think fans might have lost their questions, <laughs> that last 10 minutes, that game was so bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, possibly true, possibly true. Now you had the the Manchester Derby at the weekend, which we'll get onto shortly, but the, the first topic this week, Mike, is the Champions League knockout, when we're back in the Europa League, it seems to be a bit of a, a yo-yo um, transition at times with this club since Ferguson, Retired because we've been in the Europa League, in the Champions League, in the Europa League. We just can't stay in that top top competition. And on that note, if we can't stay in that competition, that can't stay in that competition, is that not telling that we're not a Champions League outfit anymore? And that's the job in which Soldier has to do is to get us back competing at that level. And the Europa League's obviously a kick in the teeth. But, Mike, did you expect us to qualify from, from the Champions League? Or does that go out the window, group stage? Does that go out the window when you win your first three games and then you throw it away? Um,
1: Well, probably at the start, I would have said, uh, before the first game, no. But those two games against Leipzig and PSG. And uh, obviously, PSG this season have been way, way off where they've been for the last few years. Even domestically, they've been way off. They lost again at the weekend, by the way, to Lyon. Um So, you think, oh, we've won the first two games and then we've got a double header going in uh, against the weakest team in the group. And it's like, you win those two games and you're through. Even a draw and a win would have got (laughs) us through. And instead, we won the first two games, Dale, and we won one of the next four. That's unacceptable. That really is unacceptable. And even then, you look at the PSG game we weren't terrible and I don't think PSC were amazing, but we didn't manage the game very well, Dale. And I think Oli Gunnar has to take a lot of responsibility for what went down in that game because he could have made some changes just to calm everybody down and he didn't. And the way he responded to that at the end of the game was really poor as well. And then the Leipzig game, Jesus, I mean, that was just... I, Dale, that, that first half was... A, was The first half an hour was disastrous. I mean, I've never seen... That defending was appalling. Um so, I think it has to be considered a failure. Now, do you judge Ole Gunnar's future in the job off the basis of just the Champions League? No, of course not. That's just crazy. Because um, otherwise, Alex Ferguson would have got sacked in 2005 when we were out of the Champions League group stages that year. Or, I think, 2010 when we went out in the group stages that year as well. Or maybe 2011. I mean, and the Europa League then as well. So, you can't judge it solely off that. But you do have to judge it within the greater context of the two years now that Oli has been in the job,
0: and in the two years Oli's been in the job, then if you if you were to summarise it up, would you wait till he gets to the end? Because the Premier League right now seems extremely open. I'm not saying open in the sense that I expect Manchester United to win the title, but we could definitely improve on where we finished last season. And if he does that, maybe win the trophy in FA Cup. We're still in three. We're we're still in the run for three trophies. You know, and at the end of the day, he could finish and, and surprise a few people that have questioned him. Because there's, there's other managers out there right now in the top flight. You look at Arteta, you look at Guardiola, Lampard. And I don't think they're getting the same criticism or anywhere near the same criticism as Solskjaer. Um, and with two games and hang well, on well, some of those teams, them,
1: uh, Chelsea are above us in the league and they're in the Champions League knockout stages.
0: They are, but they also he he was he he got he got the players that he wanted in the summer. Whereas with Solskjaer, I don't think that's the case. And I and I and I and I think with this with this Champions League knockout, the way I the way I'm trying to reflect on it is, it's a bit of it it it's a taste of what they expect. Um, under a new manager, when you're in the Champions League, and, and this and with some new players in the team as well, they got their first taste of the Champions League, and you can't commit some of the mistakes that we committed in that group stage and get away with it. Um, you just can't. That, that that goal against Istanbul, the opener, that everyone will remember. Sadly, that we had no defenders in our own half. That mistake can't happen in the Champions League. That's like something they could see happen in amateur football. Um, even at schoolboy level. We did that
1: again against West Hamdale, by
0: the way. So who, do, who does that go down to? Because listening to Solskjaer speak, um, Karol Anka from The Athletic asked him last week whether, what's his long-term view for, for Manchester United. And the way he responded was about, like say, counter-attacking, about fast wingers, getting more crosses in. And Karol Anka... I kind of jumped to the conclusion they didn't mention that about defending and I think that's maybe the kind of coach that, that we have I and mean, we're talking about defensive mistakes I, I question what the kind of coaching the players are doing in a defensive well,
1: capacity um, but I, I read that I read that Dale and, and that sort of that approach he's talking about yeah Dale that's an approach from the 1990s
0: but football you can't does just,
1: you, can't, you can't go into that approach every single game hmm like what happens when teams sit deep against you we've seen this so many times like what happens when you can't just sit back and just suck a team's in um, that's United's only tactical game plan that we have Dale it is it's the only one we have unless you want to count give the ball to Bruno and hope he does something because that's the other game plan that we have
0: well you see there's the problem okay because we know with this festive period um, which we're currently in and it's hectic and there's games coming taking fast you have two league games every week pretty much it's asking Bruno to perform twice a week to the, to the way he, in the way he has done is asking an awful lot of anyone um, because some of the other players need to start standing up. They really do. Like Bruno was seen a few weeks ago, came off the bench and changed the game with, with Rashford and really changed the game. Before he came on, nothing was happening, no creativity. and, and, and There's a lot of talk about Paul Pogba right now and we, we have to discuss the latest with him as well. But, if he, one of the reasons he's said to be unhappy at Manchester United is Bruno Fernandes playing his preferred role. Now, when Bruno, when Bruno Fernandes is not on the pitch then, fucking do something. Because we, don't, we, we lack so much creativity. And I don't really understand it because there are creative players in the team. You know, most weeks we line up. We, are a, we look at like an attack-minded team. A lot of creative players, a lot of players who are quick and score goals... But we don't score on anywhere near enough goals.
1: No, because so... you look how we set up, Dale. I've been I've been thinking this for a while. Ollie Gunnar's is actually quite a conservative manager. Really, he plays, he sets up, be seen to play reactive football. And like I will say this, and like God help me, I'm going to defend Mourinho. But when Mourinho played like that, Dale, we fucking hammered the guy for it. And like Oli does the same thing, but with less discipline. Less defensive discipline, and he doesn't get anywhere near the same criticism. And that's, I, and I think all of us have been the United fraternity sort of have to have a look at ourselves And we're talking about Ali Gunnar Solskjaer and the job he's doing. Whether it's journalists such as yourself, there's fans like me who are very fortunate to get his platform, or you look at the ex players as well. I mean, you saw it again after the derby uh, at the weekend where I thought Micka Richards. Was really, you know, he raised some really incisive and provocative points. I thought he was great after the game. And I thought Gary Neville was really robust about how he talked about A, he criticised, rightfully criticised, both United and City for how they approached that game, mm. which was really, really poor. And I'm sure we're going to get onto this in more detail, Dale. But the way those teams approached that game, I don't give a shit if there was no fans there. That's not acceptable. Like, n- neither of those teams tried to win the game. And Ghani Neville was right. He said, if that had been a Mourinho team out there, he'd have been getting a hammering for that. But Guardiola and Solskjaer got a letting off the hook. And, and Solskjaer came out and insulting people's intelligence after the game, saying, oh, that's the best we've played against City since I've been here. No, it isn't. We were better than that in February when we beat them 2-0. What are you talking about? Um, so they were really good on that. And when they talked about Paul Pogba and Minoriola, we'll get into that in a minute. And they talked about when he sort of pressed them Riches rightfully press them when social was really the right man to take them forward and I think that is I think if you'd have asked that a year ago for all the criticism I gave him it was too early a year like he'd have one transfer window one proper transfer window but two years I think is a, a point where you can start asking where you can start thinking looking ahead and going next season is this, is this guy you're going to look at this this time next season and think, yeah this guy's still going to be here and we're going to be improved And they skirted around the question, Dale. I think Keynote less so, but but Neville definitely did. Obviously, Phil Neville, um, aka Bradley Walsh from Mike Bassett, England manager, saying absolutely sod all on BBC5 Live. Not surprised. He's never said anything of any many, ever. But again, skirting around these questions. Um, I have to say.
0: I don't agree.
1: Like I don't. I don't think we're any further on than where we were when he came in two years ago, Dale. I think we are exactly the same. And in fact, I think we've maybe gone backwards from where we were at the beginning of the year because I watched us at the beginning of the year, and we weren't just playing reactive football. Um, you actually look at the stats for last season, specifically the second half of last season. United were one of the top pressing teams in the league. United were aggressive. They were really aggressive and that was partly why defensively we were better, especially in the second half of last season because um, we were we were more aggressive. Now part of that was Bruno coming in because he's an, an aggressive footballer in the way that he approaches the game and he allowed United to sort of lead that press from from the front and I think Greenwood becoming more prominent as well gave us a real edge to the attack but I think you saw like McTominay and, and Fred going into the team. I think Fred not the best footballer but he does help like shuttling up and down the pitch and being aggressive and pressing onto people I thought he was the best player in the pitch at the weekend by the way, I thought he was one of the few players who came out with any credit in that derby game but um, this season everyone's pressing less but United have gone from one of the top six pressing teams to one of the bottom six pressing teams and I'm all for squad rotation but Ollie's changing tactical systems game to game and that concerns me because that's him second-guessing himself. And I think when a manager starts second-guessing himself, that's usually the beginning of the end.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't agree with the comparisons to, to Mourinho. Because I, I do feel one of the key differences is our attacking players have freedom. Um, and they, they have a lot more freedom than what they had under, under Mourinho. So then that calls into play what are they're being coached. And why aren't they breaking down teams? And why haven't they got other methods to hurt teams? Because we have players who are quick. We also have players who are um, technically gifted. Like Bruno or Danny Van Der Beek came in. You can see what he's brought to the side when he plays. There's different ways we can play. And I, th- I, I do agree with with the system changes. That doesn't help. We don't know one week if we're going to play a back three or a back four. We don't know one yeah, week.
1: I think the players don't know either. Yeah. Watched, I watched that first. Me and you would have both watched that first half against Leipzig and gone, these players don't know what they're doing. Yeah. They, they don't know... How? Aaron Wan-Bissaka consistently being caught out on his own post. I mean, he's a good defender, especially one-on-one and he had a one-on-one game against Angelino and he just got done time and time again. And yeah, questions have to be asked of the coaching. I don't think Solskjaer is an awful coach. I don't think he's an elite-level coach. But then... You could maybe say the same with Ferguson. I think he was better than people gave him credit for. But Ferguson was good at managing the group, managing the club and he would recognise when he had a shortcoming in his own tactical awareness he would bring in coaches to fill that gap. Mm. So he had, he felt he had shortcomings in Europe uh, at the turn of the, 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 um, the century. What did he do? He went and brought Carlos Kiras into the club to make United a more disciplined the a more patient playing, um, and I I think a more intelligent outfit in Europe, and United were better in Europe because of Carlos Quiroz, absolutely no doubt, he was a big reason why United were, for me, I would say in that decade, second only to Barcelona, really, Mm -hmm. he's been the best team in Europe, like I think United were from 2000 to 2010, especially 2007 to 2010, I think, had, you, had Barcelona not been... Around, basically, had you not had Lionel Messi, United would have been the best team in the world. That would have been the best English club side anybody had ever seen, even if it would have eclipsed Liverpool in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, and and Kiros is a big reason for that. is, is, I'm looking at the culture stuff at United now and I'm going, who's there? What? Kieran McKenna and Michael Carrick, what are they doing right now? Like, um, And this is I suppose this brings you back to a director of football, right? I suppose in the director to Someone who sets the tone and says, you know, uh this is how we want to play, right through the academies, right up to the senior team. I'm just I'm not seeing it right now. There's no joined up thinking going on. You know, Harry McGuire's not a world class defender, but he's not as bad as what I've seen this season. He's not mm. that bad,
0: yeah, but yeah. he's
1: been appalling this season, Dale. I remember Saku, I still see long term as a as a really good centre half. Has been. I don't has been poor actually for large spells since coming back from that lockdown. I think he, his form started to really, and that's a real worry that he started to go backwards. Um, Victor Lindloff, I, I mean, he might be better than than I'm seeing now, but he doesn't head the ball. He doesn't really run that much. I'm not entirely sure what it is that he does. Um, and then obviously you got Luke Shaw as well. I don't know. I think what we've seen, the best that we've seen are Luke Shorts. is that as good as we're going to get? I think it's as good as we're going to get, right? Um, so you're looking at this and then you're looking at the midfielders in front of them because defending is a team game and you're going, where's the shape? Where's the discipline? I'm not seeing shape and discipline from the front. Um, it's all very well, you know, talking about attacking players having freedom, but what are they doing with the ball, I think that matters and you can only allow your attacking players to play with this freedom, by the way, when you're playing on the break right when you've got open spaces to run into when you're playing in the early stage of the game you can't you can't just play like that you can't say yeah just just do what you want you have to you do have to have patterns of play in relation to the opposition i i don't see that There's just a lack of preparation i think united needs to have some consistency in what they're doing you can change players but you can't be changing the system because if you change players to keep the system the same the players coming in know They know exactly what they need to do. They know their job. You look at Liverpool this season, not as good as they were last season, but they've had kids coming in and those kids have just hit the ground running because everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone knows, right, I'm playing, this is what I have to do. I look at United and I I just don't see that at all. They're not the only ones, but the fact is United don't just have the excuse of the pandemic. United, this has been going on for two years now. This is Mm. enough.
0: But even with the excuse of the pandemic, forgetting that for a moment, I don't believe we've seen any evidence yet that we've gone backwards. I know the form has been inconsistent, but you have to look at the league table. You have to consider, with two games in hand, we, we, we're we two points behind Chelsea, who, about three, four weeks ago, were being brought, or, law, or like labelled this fucking title-challenging outfit already. And I... We could go above them if we beat Sheffield United on Thursday night. That's one, yeah, but, one game with another in hand.
1: And yeah, I, but so could, so could West Ham. West Ham could win tonight and they'd go above them. Uh, Everton, Everton could win and go above them. Wol, you know, Wolves are only two points behind them right now. Aston Villa have three games in hand on Chelsea. If they win two of the three, they go above them. Like, okay, but, it's over. He won't say United are in the league title race. We're in the league title race as much as... West Ham, Wolves, Everton, Villa and Crystal Palace. But exactly, and Southampton, who are fourth, by the way.
0: Exactly. But does that not say more about, say, the other top teams that are in the same situation as Manchester United? We're on about Liverpool, who are defending their title. And why is this title race so open to us, to West Ham, to Everton? And I'm not, I'm not saying they will be in it come after Christmas, but I do think we will. I, I, I really I, think we
1: I I, I I don't think he's as open to it as you think it is. You look at the two teams who are gonna be in the running for the league this season are the top two now, I think it's gonna to be Tottenham and Liverpool. Like those are the two teams going for it this season. Tottenham destroyed us six one. I think if we played Liverpool tomorrow if we played Liverpool tonight, they'd probably do the same to us. I'm gonna be quite frank with you, Dale. Liverpool think- would take us apart, yes. Yeah, they they take us apart, Dale. Don't kid yourself.
0: But they haven't been taking many teams apart, which is my point. You know, this season they haven't been. They've got you no know, lots of injuries, which which you, you have to take into account. I'm really looking forward to seeing them tonight against Tottenham because, as you mentioned, Tottenham are on top. You were, you think they'll yeah. be in the title race? And I, yeah. I I I seen them last last week in the Europa League, and they're actually quite a nicely balanced outfit. Um, if they can keep their main players fit, I don't see why not. But Previous records
1: suggest. Yeah,
0: they're fucked <laughs> then. Fuck then.
1: Yeah, but um, no, I think you look at Spurs and Liverpool. Dale. Everyone else has lost three and four games. Spurs and Liverpool have lost one game apiece, which tells you everything you need to know. They are able to just get through games and pick up the points where they need to do. Liverpool and Spurs don't have to be at their best every game to to win. Like yeah, I, I, I think
0: I think that's the difference. I think that's a bit of the difference that, I, that I've seen so far this season. That Liverpool are, are in that position up near the top of the table, but they haven't been cruising games. Uh, the same goes for Spurs. I think that's a valid point, whereas we've been, we've been chasing games. And I think that's what I want to see from this United side on Thursday night against Sheffield. Is that's a team that have really struggled this season. They've been awful at the back. The likes of Marcus Rashford, who I, who I think needs more goals right now. Um, not, not in desperate need, but I would like to see him score, score a few goals on Thursday night. Martial desperately needs goals. He desperately needs goals. Because we're already on it to scene, maybe Cavani less than a handful of times. And I want him starting games ahead of Martial already. And I'm pretty sure when Cavani was signed... That was not my plan at all. I was thinking because of Martial finished last season on such a high score on goals, I was hoping again he would kick on. Now, that hasn't happened. He is back in the French squad, but I, but I reckon it won't be too long before Deschamps pulls him out and makes United the reason for that.
1: Yeah, but also Deschamps doesn't really pick that squad in club form, does he, Dale? No, That's no, he doesn't. Awkward. Otherwise, a certain, a certain midfielder whose name runs with Ogba would not be in the team.
0: Speaking about Pogba, Mino Rayola <clears throat> came out recently again um, and literally announced that Pogba was unhappy at Manchester United, which everyone knows. The problem being it was the night before the game against Leipzig, timing was awful and I think even the, the, the demeanour of, of, of Rayola's message pretty much undermined the manager, the club, his teammates, everyone. But Pogba has chosen not to really address this. He doesn't see a problem with what Raiola has said. There's, there is probably no problem. It's probably all truthful. It's all factual. He wants to leave Manchester United. But what do we do about a player that is publicly having his agent throwing his weight around? And and this is the thing. Socher has clearly decided that he's going to keep playing him. P- Paul Pogba is also in a situation where he needs to perform to get the move in which he wants. I, I really don't think, Mike, there's going to be many clubs that are going to be knocking on the door to sign him in the summer. or It won't happen in January. I reckon it'll happen in the summer. But another thing I want to throw to you is, with the current market and how it's all a bit complicated right now and there's potentially going to be more loan deals and, and maybe swap deals, if Juventus were to come to Manchester United with an offer, which I think will happen, who would you take from the Aventis starting lineup to come to Manchester? United that you think that they will let leave, because there's a certain 35, 36 year thirty-six-year-old who has been linked with a an exit from Turin. Um, and I think there will be a few Manchester United fans that believe he would offer more than what Paul Pogba has offered in the past four years.
1: That's not hard. I think, me, or you would offer more than what Paul Pogba. Has. <laughs> the last two years. I've been saying for a year we should get rid of this guy. You've been saying for two years we should get rid of this guy. Um, I echo what Jamie Cattaca said on Sky Sports Monday Night Football League. He's the most overrated footballer I've ever seen. He is. He's not as good as he thinks he is. Um, you know, basically, take what Patrice Everett says about Paul Pogba, the opposite is true. He's a great club, <laughs> But he's 27 years old, Dale. I think at this point we acknowledge... This guy will never fulfil his talent in any club. Because as much as Zinedine Zidane wants uh, Paul Popper, Florentino Perez does not want him at Real Madrid and neither do the directors, the sporting directors at Real Madrid either. Partly because Florentino Perez doesn't think he's worth the money and also because Florentino Perez does not deal with Mino Oriola. There is not one single Mino Oriola client playing at Real Madrid because he doesn't like dealing with him, and it's the same with Barcelona. By the way, they won't deal with him either because um, they had some felt they had issues with him with uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, so they don't. They just don't have him. So the only realistic options that he has are Juventus and Real Madrid. Um, I'm still not sure I'd take Ronaldo, although to be honest, I think he could still do it in the Premier League. I've got no qualms about that. Like. Um, you know, I think we, we talked about this about two years ago I think on the pod, and I said absolutely definitively no, but if it was offered in a swap if the finances are right I wouldn't say no. Part of me wonders that I'd rather have Paulo Dybala, which is the another player that they're sort of looking to get off the books because um, he's a bit younger and I, I really like Dybala, I think he's a really, really good player and I think he'd be really good in the Premier League actually he's, he reminds me a little bit of Juan Mata but with, he's got pace obviously that Mata doesn't have
0: have they, have, they, have they any centre backs that they might give up?
1: Um, well, the one that you would take would be, I think it's Demirel, the Turkish centre back, he's a really good centre half, but I don't think they'd give him up because he's pretty much a first pick for them. And then obviously the other youngish centre half they have is Delict, and should we guess who his agent is? <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, Delik doesn't solve the pro- one of the problems United have which is a lack of pace and defence. De Ligt is not quick, Dale. Um, Can you imagine
0: Ligt, him and, and Harry Maguire?
1: Jesus, let's not even think <laughs> about that. Um, so, he he really wouldn't fill that gap at the back. God, I mean, if Chiellini was even five years younger, I'd take him tomorrow, right? Wouldn't you? Mm. He's so good. You know, were, had they had a 31 or even 32-year-old Andrea Barzagli, I'd have gone, yep, we'll take him. Great. Uh, Bonucci, I think he's overrated. I don't think he's that good. Um, certainly defensively he's not that great but um, yeah it would have been Demarell but you'd never get him so you're looking at Dybala I mean, I mean in an ideal world Dale I'd take Rodrigo Bentancourt the, the holding midfielder that they have because he's brilliant he's a phenomenal footballer but I don't think Juve would be silly enough to let him go he's become a first choice player for him this season Perlo really likes him but Pompas' options are really limited like if I was only going to Solskjaer, and this is something I think I may have said to you, that I think he's been too soft on players that are letting him down time and time again. David De Gea should not be, should not be first pick anymore. I don't care how much money he's on. Dean Henderson should be getting a run in the team because De Gea keeps letting him down. Like, when it seems like he picks up, he drops another error and he lets him down. Paul Pumper keeps letting Oli Gunnar Solskjaer down on and off the pitch. People laying into Minoriola... The, again, I thought Gary Neville went a bit soft on Popper saying he's agent, this is agent, that. Mino Riola is not doing anything his client is not telling him to do. Look at Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Mino Riola does not speak out like this when it comes to Zlatan Ibrahimovic because Zlatan is not beholden to Ibra, uh, Ibra's not beholden to Mino Riola in the same way that um, Paul Popper or Gigi Donnarumma, uh, the Milan goalkeeper, one of his other clients is, because he was talking about Donnarumma again in this interview. This interview took place last weekend, and he was talking about, um, oh Donnarumma. He's an AC Milan player now, but who knows in a year or so. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm just <laughs> I. He's not worth the hassle, Dale. Pogba is not worth this hassle, and United should take whatever they can get. If you they want to offer us Ronaldo, because that might be the only way that they could get Pogba in is is to basically a bit of accountancy, right? Because you know, Ronaldo's a big trend in the wage bill and if he came into United, he would be the highest paid player at United, no question and even at 35, 36 you know what, I would say Dale he would deserve to be the highest paid player at United because he has done it year in, year out every week on a consistent basis even now he's still <laughs> got he scored like 14 goals already this season so. Crazy. Like he's incredible he's still going he's a very different player to the one that we had but I actually think he would solve a problem for us, which is a lack of goals. And I think he provides a focal point for us going forward as well. Physically... Stop,
0: Mike. You're getting me excited. You're getting me know excited I'm
1: so excited because I said no to this when it came up two years ago. But I think, <laughs> you know what? If we get Paul Pogba out and we get Cristiano Ronaldo in return, I personally think we've got the better end of that deal because I think Juve are going to be in for a bit of a shock when they get him in because Paul Pogba... Is not as good as he thinks he is. He's not as good as some people, particularly in the French media, or Didier Deschamps, or Patrice Everett. Or I think he's coloured by personal bias, to be fair, to Patrice, because him and Paul Pogba are very close. And listen, that's fine. Um, but if you look at it, he's a one-in-five player, right? He plays, he'll plays. he give you some one in every five games, but he won't do much more. And people talk about how great he was at Juventus. He was good at Juventus. But I, as someone that's watched Serie A pretty consistently for the last 20 years, he was good in that Juventus team because he had no responsibility. That Juventus team had Barzagli, Chiellini, Lichsteiner, you had uh, Asamoa running up and down the left, you had Perlo, you had Marquisio, you had Vidal, and you had Carlos Seves, Fernando Llorente, or Alvaro Marata up front. He had no responsibility in that team, Dale. It's really easy to be good when you don't have to do any work and you don't have to deal with any pressure. <laughs> but where's the tactical discipline with Paul Pogba? Have you seen any tactical discipline with this guy? I, I remember... Cherry Cunningham fled this up. And I remember this. It was a Manchester Derby game and he was standing on the left wing for goal kicks. I was like, Why are you standing on the left mm. wing for a goal kick? What are you doing there? Like It's just a lack of... Like I think, in the modern game, you need to be the top teams are really disciplined teams. You look at Bayern, you know, disciplined team. You look at Atlético Madrid, who are the team I think are going to win La Liga this season. And all right, just about scraping through in the Champions League, but I think they'll go far. Disciplined team. You look at Spurs <coughs> and Liverpool in the Premier League this season. Disciplined. You look at the City team two years ago. Really, really disciplined. People talking about how great would Paul Popper be under Pep Guardiola? Hmm. I don't think Pep Guardiola would put up with him. I think Pep Guardiola would be, I'd say tearing his hair out, but he's had any hair for about 25 years, but he'd just be going nuts to this guy. And this is the thing, if Pochettino came into Manchester United tomorrow, Paul Popper would not last five minutes, Dale, because of the work he'd be asked to do, the jobs he'd be asked to do. And Mourinho was spot on about Popper, I think. And even though I think the right thing for United to do would have been to get rid of both of them at the end of that season, when I look back at it now, I have to say I was wrong at the time, really. I was 100% right with Paul Puppet. He cannot be trusted at an elite club. He is an upper mid-table player. You could have him at an Everton and he'd look great. But if you're a team that's serious about winning trophies... Paul Pogba is not a player you want in your team. There's a lot of teams that have been very, very successful about Paul Pogba, including Juventus and Real Madrid, and they will be successful without him, and I think United will be more successful without them.
0: Yeah, we'll look, we'll see. I think with Paul Pogba, I'm just sick and tired of not just the bad performances, but the way in which Riola can just come out and just drop a bomb in the media, and that can just massively affect his morality. Poor was not telling him.
1: To no, do. But, but Pog, no, but but no, but that's Pog the thing. Wants to do
0: that. Absolutely, absolutely. So the fact that he can come out and drop a bomb like that for a big game, and that's just fair game, right? Paul Pogba will look come out on Instagram and will tell people not to speak unless they know what's going on inside. Now, so he has went to Riola. He knows what's going on inside, and he has asked him, clear or not? Maybe not asked him. But Rayol has clearly ran this by Paul Pogba, in which he said, that's fine. You go run your mouth to the media and you go undermine my present club, my present manager, and my present teammates. Now, I, 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 obviously, with the blog, we're on, we're on social media, we, we, we see what people are posting. And there are still people out there who will defend Paul and will say that he hasn't said anything yet, that like, his age speak. and speaking. I've, in the past maybe five to seven years have been dealing with and speaking with football agents off record on record and I know how it works I know how close they are with their clients trust me Paul Pogba if if he if he did not run that by Paul Pogba Riola and them would not be working together right now footballers have fired agents over this in the past about running them out when they shouldn't have done so P- or promise me that was calculated that was done purposely. And Rayola suggesting that Two O Sport um who, who released the interview, he said that the interview was done a week earlier, that they they decided to publish it blah 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 a week. Bullshit. Absolute bullshit because I had oh, he, he
1: told them when to publish it. That was of that course, would all agree. Of course. Like I said, you never got this for Rayola with Lassan Ibrahimovic because Lassan Ibrahimovic would have said because he might have run something by his last time his last has said, "No, you're not doing that." Yeah, simple yeah. as that. I'm the one that controls my narrative. If I want you to do something, you'll do it. Rioli is doing the job that his clients ask him to do. He's an agent. He's not okay. Listen, you talk about you know him personally, whether you like him or not. Or fine, but they're not doing anything. They're not being asked to do like. Do me a, like people need to stop being really naive about this. The reason. He came out now. It's because Paul Pogba wants to leave. He's wanted to leave for two years, and United are mugs for not getting rid of him earlier. They should have got rid of him. They should have oh, got yeah. rid of him that season. They fired Mourinho. They should have just got rid of him. They could have made. They could have made a profit on him. Now we're going to make a loss. we be realistic. We're going to make a loss because every team that has watched Paul Pogba for four years and gone, this guy. I mean, he is not an eighty-nine million pound footballer, is he?
0: Because he's not. No, that's the thing, and that, that's that's the sad conclusion to this episode, because uh, this, this whole chapter with Pogba, his return brought a lot of promise, you know, as a player coming back after being in the youth system, a bit of egg on her face, perhaps for getting rid of him for free and then having to spend all that money on him, and then for it to flop, even worse so. Um,
1: he's, the, I, he's the Boris Johnson of Manchester United, he promises the earth, and he delivers nothing, and he costs you an arm and a leg to do it.
0: There you go. There you go. So, so Mike, move, moving on, we're going to look at this Sheffield game and see can we go on this win and run that we really need to right now because we've spoken about the league table and although we sit in ninth place right now as, as we speak, I really don't think... That's not what I see when I look at the table right now in the middle of December. We're coming up to the new year and if Manchester United can win... Their game's up until that point. I reckon we've been in a much, much better position. We're not that many points off the top. And I hope it ends the way... I hope. I dream it does. Because right now, with the, with the way the season started, okay, the lack of consistency, it felt like speaking to, when you spoke about Manchester United, even to yourself or any other United fan, and we were talking about the results and performances, it really isn't a team that is that close off the top that we were talking about. You know, it it, it isn't
1: mathematically Mass- no, but realistically, Dale, we're a country mile away from t- challenging for anything.
0: But uh, I still believe on our day, we 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 could beat Spurs, we, we could beat Liverpool. We obviously have our games in which we are absolutely dreadful, uh, but but so do they, so do Liverpool, and so do Tottenham. That's why I'm I'm really intrigued. This podcast will go out, of course, before that game, um, well, around lunchtime Wednesday. So, I'm intrigued to see how how both of those teams go into it. But th- I watched them this season; and they both have really bad games, like United had. And I think I think there's a real not as many as we've had,
1: not as, not as many
0: for ones as we had, not as many. But something I, I want to go go to before we we talk about that Sheffield game is we finished third last season, and. Nobody would have expected us to finish above City and Liverpool. So, look, we'll take that. That was definitely a a decent finish, a decent return in his first full season in charge from Solskjaer. And I'm looking at it now and people talking about Spurs being title contenders or whatever. They finished below us last season. And while, you know, we could easily, we could easily, easily I say it, could be above Spurs come the new year. And people will still only talk about about them because they can't talk about it. No, the problem is people can't talk about United in this capacity because people don't want to go back on their word. And when Solskjaer was, 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 some people, when Solskjaer was first appointed and we went through that win and run and he got the job, people were delighted, delighted. Obviously this cheap, former player coming in, we get him in a cheap contract, boom, or cheaper than Pochettino would have cost. So he came in and then he had his first slump in charge. Some people made an opinion of Solskjaer then. It, that that initial period was honeymoon time. And that he was not a good enough manager. He was a PE teacher. And all this jibber-jabber. But, but, but the, the thing is, he, he has proven those people wrong by finishing third last season. Definitely. The, the table doesn't lie.
1: Didn't we, get, didn't we have finished third of a lower points total than we got the season before?
0: But it, it, it is, points totals in previous seasons doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because this season you could win the league with possibly eighty points. This season, with the way it's going, and to to write us off completely, and to, but to talk about Spurs winning, I I think is crazy because we, we we did better than them last season. We're we're having a bad slump right now, but we're still not miles off them. You know, if they yeah, like so well right are playing so well, right now... The Wolves, neither are Wolves,
1: neither Everton, neither are West Ham, Aston Villa, hmm. Savan of three points above us in the league, well, well, <laughs> Leicester less third. Like, you know, so that's you know, and, and none of those teams are in the title race. None of
0: them. No, and no, not. no de- definitely not. No, definitely not. But 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 the evidence suggests that we will be there there thereabouts because we finished third last season. Okay, the so city city will be below us Thursday night. We beat we beat Sheffield United, and and Guardiola just got just do, got a new
1: contract because I did this about PSG last week. I was like, yeah, we'll beat them. Because Sheffield United, they're going to have to win a game sometime. And just know it's going to be against us.
0: <laughs> right. PSG and Sheffield United, we're not going to compare them. But I, I, I do believe, Mike, I'm, 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 I'm optimistic. I know Champions League knockout came as a, as a bitter pill to swallow. Then we got that absolutely snore-fest of a Manchester derby, in which we haven't even touched. We'll, we'll touch on the hugging at the end of this podcast. I want to talk about that. But... Uh, I'm I'm trying to be optimistic because the table suggests it would be ridiculous not to. Because we've had we've had some shit years since Fer- since Ferguson. Not not even I won't even say shit because we've we've won a few trophies and we've been there thereabouts. Okay, it hasn't been previous heights, but we haven't had those previous heights. And if we have a little chance, a little chance of doing better this season, I'm gonna grab onto. It. Even if I'm sounding daft and naive to the fact that we're not a fantastic football team, but 2020's been a shit year, everything has gone against us, From fans not being able to go to games, everything's gone against everyone, we've been restricting what we're allowed to do in our day to day lives, if Manchester United have a chance to win the title, I'm going to jump on that bandwagon, I'm going to try and enjoy it for as long as I can, um, but yeah, it might sound stupid, I reckon we're going to beat Sheffield United, I reckon we're going to beat Leeds, and after those two games, we probably still have a game in hand on some teams, and the table will read a lot better.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, personally, you know, um, well, one of us has to be the most of reason here. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't see it. I think we'll be largely in the similar position that we are now in relation to everybody else, I think, come the new year. I just... I don't... You know, unless there's some, like... uh, Unless you get... A a drastic change of beat. I think about when Chelsea won the league under Conte. And they were up and down for a while. And then he had a bad defeat at Arsenal. And then he switched to that... I think, was it like a 3-4-3 system or 3-4-1-2? And then they just started running through everybody. Like, it clicked. Unless that happens and that I think happened in about October time so much earlier than this unless that happens I, and I don't see that happening right now because Ollie's just like all over the place like one he's playing a back three one day and then he's he's going to Diamond and then it's a 4 one and then a 4-3-3 unless something clicks like that and I, um, I don't see it right now because like I said I think he's being soft on certain players who are continuously letting him down um, we're just going to be up and down we're going to be up and down We're going to be. you're going to see us fall behind in games and maybe drag something back or, or you're going to see us get absolutely pummeled like we did with Spurs or you're going to see stuff like you saw against Chelsea and City you know I'm trying to think of one game this season where we were absolutely consistently super, really really good throughout the game I can't think of one. And that's a problem. And we're in mm. December now. That's a big problem. No, definitely. Um, so that, that, that's, that is thats my concern. And it's all very well saying at this stage of the season. But we're still in the running for these trophies. Yeah, but so are all these other teams. When Ed, when that moron, Ed Woodward, came out last week and once again proved to be a PR embarrassment for the club and saying, well, you know, we're two points better off than we were at this stage last season. Yeah, at this stage last season, we had our worst stats of the season since 1986. A start that got Ron Atkinson fired. So, please, let's not be getting into that right now. Um, we need to be winning four or five games on the spin. That's what we need to do. We need to actually win more than three games in a row, which we cannot do. We cannot seem to be able to do it. Like We need to do this. And we need to do it now. And as Gary Neville said on Sunday, Dale, team needs to start controlling and dominating games and Ollie needs to start dominating those players. I think we are at this I think he's too soft. I mean he's way too soft. To, I don't mean go out and start slating players in the media. I do not I don't agree with that at all. But he needs to be hard on these players now and he needs to be harder on his coaching staff. Cuz if they're not doing their jobs and the team are going out a disorganized rabble every game, it's not going to reflect on Kieran McKenna and Michael Carrick and Mike Feeling. It reflects on Solskjaer. That's who it reflects on. And it's him that will get That's most likely to be fired I mean some of those coaches may go as well but some of them may be kept on so he needs to start dominating the group now he needs to start really being authoritative and right now I saw him after the Leipzig game and I was really worried because he kind of looked as bereft and lost and detached as the pundits in the studio did and that's a real worry that really worried me seeing him after that game
0: Are any City fans in Sunday? (laughs) <laughs> no? You didn't hold any City fans? No, Harry Maguire was, um, took some time out uh, to discuss Christmas shopping with, with John Stones after the snowfest of the Manchester it's Derby. Mike, I, I, I sat down after the game, right? Um, I was so angry about this. I, I, I have to tell this story. So I sat down at the end of the game and my partner was sat watching the game with me, and I just started fuming after the match with all, with all the hugging going on. I, I wasn't that angry. Was,
1: was Roy Keane as well.
0: Yeah, I, I, I wasn't that angry um, at the time with the result, the performance, I just kind of took it, but when I seen the hugging, that was the bottom line. She, at the time, she thought I was completely overreacting. She thought, H- how can that bother you that the two guys are... Getting on and, and 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 hugging and stuff. She, I had to explain the whole background, the context, and everything. And after hearing Roy Keane go on about it moments later, I think she started to understand better. But I'm not being ridiculous. That is, that is madness. After Manchester, were there, were there after a Manchester, it, a this,
1: uh, wasn't there a bit of this at half time when they were sort of chatting to each other, going down the tunnel at half time as well? Yeah, yeah. a bit of that at half time, like half. That was even worse, that going around at half-time. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're supposed to be two... Te- this is supposed to be an elite sporting contest, two teams against each other. Like, if, listen, if you want to do that behind closed doors, afterwards you go down the tunnel, That absolutely fine. I don't expect you to not be friends with people from other clubs, okay? Yeah. I don't expect you to be as extreme as Roy Keane was. Roy Keane wasn't even friends with most of his teammates, <laughs> never mind people playing for other clubs. But, come on, like... You've got to understand, this. especially Maguire. Maguire is the captain. I don't think he should be captain anymore. By the way, after the Spurs game, I was like, "No, that's he's done with me." And he comes out as well. Oh, he just sounds like such a moron when he comes out after games. You know, talks a good game. I'm like, "Yeah, be nice if you played well once in a while, Harry." And he's he's like, "Harry, you've got to understand. We've just had a a pretty a pretty." bad last couple of weeks you've gone out of the Champions League from a position of strength you've just played out again. people trying to get positives out of that result both of those teams needed to win that game Dale mm. I mean, both City and United needed to win that game and for neither of them mm. to even try and win Guardiola needs to take some responsibility as well when he had Phil Foden and Bernardo Silva and Sergio Aguero sat on the bench mm. like, kidding me right and um, but you've got to understand the optics of you needed to win this game. You needed to go put out a market and say, OK, what you just saw are a midweek, that is an aberration. That is not Manchester United. Those kind of mistakes, those are not going to happen. We're going to go out and be aggressive. Remember how good we were in that Manchester Derby game in the league back in February. Mm. I thought we, even though City had more of possession, I thought United controlled that game. I thought they were aggressive, they unsettled City, they were hard to break down. And I looked at that and we won 2-0 and you were like, 2-0 is exactly the right score for that game. United ran that game. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So disciplined, aggressive, fantastic. Yeah. Like that's how United needed to go out and get at City and really throw them off their game. Especially with the team City put out. It was quite a negative team. I, I looked at that and thought, oh this is yeah, this is great. And then I looked and saw he put Paul Pogba like inside left and thought never mind Mm. never mind Um, and then you do all that and then you go hugging John Stones after the game and having a chat down the tunnel cut that out Jesus Christ how bad does that look Like I got a message off my dad after the game with a screenshot
0: he wasn't happy
1: no, no. Uh, his exact words were, "I'm gonna find this message now. Uh, <laughs> let's have a look. What did PK say? Um, yeah, he wasn't happy. Wanker, get that armband off him and the shirt." Told. Told. He, I'll
0: tell you
1: what, Harry Maguire. <laughs> I have to say, when I speak to other United fans about him. He's not a popular guy. With United fans right now. He's really not at all, um, and that's a big problem. That's a problem for the football club. That's the problem for the football club.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and Mike, to, to before we wrap it up, we have a question in from Fabiola. She's asked Europa League campaign, should United get rid of it or just focus in the Premier League this season?
1: No, they need to win a trophy. They need to win a trophy, Dale. Like three semifinals and third place. It's okay, but it's not. You know, I, kind of, I would echo Roy Keane's sentiments. United should be aiming for Champions League qualification every year, but they need to be winning trophies. They need to be playing in big finals and winning these trophies. Three semi-finals was not good enough last year. It's been be realistic, Dale. If you'd have looked at that and go, it's actually not good enough, really. It's quite naive. The way we lost those semi-finals as well, I thought, was poor. Um, no, we need to win this competition. We need to be trying to win this. We need to try and win... The Carabao Cup, we need to try and win the FA Cup. We've got to try and win one of those trophies this season. I think top four should be par for the course. Like I think we'll get top four, or we should be getting top four. But that's par for the course. Like you shouldn't be celebrating finishing in the top four, Dale. No. You should be celebrating winning the trophy. Yeah, I I, I didn't like that after that last game. I thought the players looked a little bit too pleased with themselves about getting in the top four. It's like, guys, that's just okay. Job done. But we got some cut competitions to think about now, so let's move on. We got a Europa League campaign, we've got to go and finish off. So let's you know, let's get ourselves ready. And then you go into that Europa League campaign and when we took our foot off the gas after the first twenty minutes against Sevilla, my like, people talking about us being tired, but this players not running for the ball. Sevilla just out hustled us. And Sevilla had been playing games as well. I think we will forget this. So no, gotta win a trophy.
0: It's another question there I'm gonna answer from me, Witty, his name is on Twitter. If we get rid of Paul Pogba, who would you swap him with? So, Mike, you've already kind of answered that. Um, I'm going to go the same with Mike because I'm excited by what you said and the whole prospect and the romance of having Cristiano Ronaldo back at Old Trafford for for years, for the past maybe three to maybe four years. I think I've kind of downplayed um, that story because whenever it pops up, you're like, I'm not even going to invest in that because... And get my hopes up, and it won't happen.
1: So wasn't, wasn't Ronaldo the guy who personally spoke to Fernandez and told him to take the move to United as well?
0: Yes, yes, apparently so. So
1: there could there must be some decent relationship between those two guys there as well. And do they have the same agent? Are they both under Mendes?
0: Real, oh, sorry, Real Um Fernandez isn't with Mendes, as far as I'm okay. aware. Um, but but the, the whole thing, and I'm going to make this show right. We know Cristiano Ronaldo, if he came back to Manchester United, would be getting goals. Goals win games. I'd love to see Manchester United swap Paul Pogba with Cristiano Ronaldo in January, if at all possible. And go on, go on and win the league. Ronaldo comes back and wins United the league. How fantastic would that be? How fantastic would that be? Because goals win games, right? We know we're not good defensively. Okay, we can accept that, but we haven't got that firepower up front. We've some great players there, We've we've Bruno Fernandes, whatever. But you throw Ronaldo there, and we win the league. I also,
1: I also think it will be a better example and influence on the younger guys in the in the dressing room as well. well. better than Pogba, anyway. necessarily, be like a um, uh, sort of like a, and not like in a screaming and shouting kind of way, although Ronaldo's pretty vocal on the field. But I've, mm. I've watched him for years; he's not shy of like digging teammates out and demanding people from them but man you watch him the way he trains the way he looks after himself the way that he is still even at 35 36 he's still in the top 10 players in the world and if you're like man I think him and Rashford would be him and Rashford I think they'd be fantastic together Fernandes yeah uh, I think you know really really good I I, I think okay Ronaldo and Cavani a little bit older but I think there's two guys there really, really good examples for younger younger players, you can really sort of lead something and you know I, I always like using the word culture with football clubs but there definitely is a shortfall in the culture of Manchester United since Ferguson's left about what he's required of the players and all these talked to a good game with that but I don't think he's ever really delivered because I don't think he's demanded enough of his players, I personally don't think he has, he's not when I'm talking about him dominating the players. So, you know, we get some of these guys in there, get someone like Ronaldo in, that's someone who's going to put a marker down on the squad and maybe it will help Holly a bit. Just to have one or two players in there keeping everyone else in line. It helped Mourinho a lot to have Zlatan there because Zlatan is very, very good at keeping the dressing room in line. I thought he was brilliant for that. And actually... People talking about it. Milan now. He's actually great at working with the young players and helping them develop their game. Saying, "Oh, you know, uh, in future when there's this movement's going on, right, just stand there or make a move over here." Or I tell you what, when I when I get the ball in this position, if you make a run down there, and and this is what you need to do in training, and this is what you need to be doing for your nutrition. All of this stuff that he does with these young players, we spoke about really highly of in in that season in City United. And um, I think it's not a coincidence that Paul Pogba was pretty quiet in the season that him and Zlatan at United. It's not a coincidence because Zlatan would just not have allowed that shit to get out of the dressing yeah. room. You need senior players. Um, that was a good thing that Ferguson had at Football Club. You had senior players. that had, Ferguson only had to go into the, the dressing room at the training ground maybe once a week because he knew that he had those players there who would keep everything in line. When new players came in, those players, I saw Rio Ferdinand talking about yeah. this, a <clears> new player came in, they were left under no illusions immediately. Those other players have be letting you know what is expected. And I can guarantee you, when Diogo Giotto walks in through the door at Liverpool, he was left under no illusions probably in the first week of training. Fucking hell, right, this is what I need to, There's a reason he's hit the ground running, because the two ways you respond to that as a player, you either fold... Or you toughen up and you harden and it's like, I'm going to kick on to a new level. And you see that. You see that. That's why these, you know, you look at the, some of those players in the Liverpool dressing room, people like Fabinho, Van Dyke, you know, um, he's a bit, you know, Henderson. I think Henderson's been a brilliant captain for Liverpool. I really, really do. I think it's fantastic. No one's under any illusions about what's expected in that dressing room. And I bet you it'll be the same at Spurs right now, Dale. I, 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 you look like, at Kane. Like, Harry Kane putting demands on his players. Look at how has responded to Mourinho this season. You know, there was a lot of problems with those two last season. Undombele's been one of Spurs' best players this season. Mm. So he has upped his game because Mourinho thought he was too lazy. Pochettino also thought Undombele was too lazy, by the way. So I look at them and think United need people like that in the dressing room who are going to say, You're at Manchester United, you not running you not tracking back. You're not pressing opposition defenders in their own third. This is not good enough. you yeah. not being in this space when I've got the ball when I need you to be there. And you just stood there on the left. Get over there. He plays good.
0: No, absolutely. And, like, I, I, t- thinking back to, to the potential of Ronaldo returning, Like, can just imagine him returning to Manchester and it'd be like a scene from... 28 days later like what the fuck happened here <laughs> where, where are all the seniors gone um, but Mike look thanks for joining me again this week to follow the podcast on Twitter it's at the Um, we upload every week United Chat sometimes interviews with former players and personalities within the media please subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, and of course Spotify as well Mike thanks for joining me and on that note I'm going to leave it Sí, Ronaldo. Hey. Sports Social Podcast Network. 18 plus.